0: Hi, guys. I am so excited. Welcome to the first ever blog of Teaching Our Future. I can't lie. I was stuck between Teaching Our Future and Teaching Bell to Bell because both of them, you know, you're in education. You know they both fit. So who knows? But right now it's Teaching Our Future. Um, I'm just so excited. My name is Amy, and I have been teaching... For 19 years, I'm starting my 20th year here this coming week, and I've been in education my whole life. My mom was a teacher also, and so I kind of grew up in the teaching family, and then I started teaching myself, and I love it. I cannot imagine having any other job. I did start my first year teaching little history here um, at the middle school level. I taught math for one year. And God bless you all that teach middle school, because I did realize that that was not my calling. And I went down um, just a couple grades and I started teaching fifth grade and then I would loop to sixth grade, which just means I would keep the same group of kids for two years, which was really cool. We had a unique situation in my town where we had a fifth and sixth grade school where all the kids would go to elementary school, one through four, and then they would all be put together for fifth and sixth grade. And... It was kind of a learning year. It was an elementary school, but it wasn't quite middle school. It was that, you know, transition school, and I loved it. We have, though, since then changed, and we're back to a traditional one through five school district. We have four schools now in my district that teach one through five. We have a kindergarten school. We have four one through fives. We have one middle school that teaches six to eight, and then one high school. However, we do also have uh, an alternative high school, and then we have a community college in my town, too. You're asking about kindergarten. We do have just one kindergarten building in our entire district where every child goes to kindergarten at the same building. So back to me. I taught my first year at middle school. I decided loved teaching math, wasn't quite the age that I was good for, so I went down and taught fifth and sixth grade, and I did that for 10 years. And at that time, I was married, and I had children of my own, and my oldest is a little girl, and she was starting first grade, and I just had this inkling of, I need to teach younger, I need to teach younger, and some things were happening at the building I was teaching at, and some changes were occurring, and sure enough, I was one of the ones that was going to have to move and get changed, and in my heart of hearts, I went, you know, if I'm going to change, I'm going to go to the grade that is just calling to me, and a first grade position was open over where my daughter would be going to school. I interviewed and I got the first grade position and I have been there ever since. And I'm starting my ninth year teaching first grade. So I do feel like I've had a pretty good stretch of where I've taught. I also did a couple summers early on in my marriage where I was a math teacher over at the, high, at the college, the community college here in town for the pre-calculus classes and the pre-algebra classes and things like that. So I have taught from the low up to the high and I just love it. Teaching is just amazing. So what we're going to talk about though today is the beginning of the school year because here we go guys. I know you know this and if you're a new teacher you are probably so excited. You have so many ideas. You want to do so much and it's just that magical time of year. It's that time of year where you just go in And you can change the world. And you will. Don't let anyone tell you different. You can change the world. Um, But prepping for the beginning of the school year does not just happen. You're going to have a teacher next door to you that has that perfect room with everything in place, color-coordinated, gorgeous, I mean, just out of a magazine. You're going to have other teachers that kind of just throw everything together. Then you're going to have some teachers that are in the middle. I'm not gonna even try to pretend that I am that master perfect classroom teacher. Nope, I have a theme, I go with my theme, and then we go from there. I try to make a comfortable classroom, if that makes sense. I go, like I said, I have a theme, and then from there, make everything work. Now, I'm not gonna lie and even try, every year I have changed my theme, and I go, I have a new great theme. But I had some life-changing events over the last three years where my mom passed away from cancer. And we had a thing about rainbows. And last year I changed my theme to rainbows. And I probably will have rainbows for the next ten years or until I finish teaching. It's for me, when we talk about a comfort classroom, that walking into a room full of rainbows gives me comfort. So that's where it's at. Now, a theme is great, but you also really have to consider when setting up your room where everything will be. You have to take an account of where does the internet come into your room at? Where are the plugins? Where is the biggest spot for an open space if you're an elementary school teacher and need to have a read-aloud corner? Where's your smart board? Where is all this stuff? You have to really think, are you going to do small groups? Because where can you do them at? You don't want to set up your room where your two biggest tables are really near each other and then you try to do small groups, one at each table, because they're going to be listening to the other table when you're talking. You know that, right? Of course you do. So the most important thing to really start out with when you start to get your room ready is the setup. Where are you going to put the kids' tables? Their desks. I actually transitioned from student desks to tables a few years back and I actually love them. It was hard at first and now I have come to really appreciate them and they're colored you guys. I have two red, two blue, two yellow tables for my kids. So when you walk in my room, it's just that extra pop of color. And then even the kidney tables in my room, one's blue, one's red, I like sought after them this year. I kept finding them throughout the building and I would beg the teachers to switch me and they did. Little things make teachers happy. Having color tables makes me happy and then um on top of that you need to figure out if you're going to do centers where are you going to put your centers around your room so not all the kids are in the exact same spot I like to spread mine out throughout the perimeter of my room so when kids are at centers I can keep my eyes on them but they're also kind of off on their own where are you going to put the student computers not where do you want to put them but where do you have to put them because that's where the internet source is at or that's where a plug-in is at then can you see the screen from where you're going to be? Because you guys, I don't care if you're teaching kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, all the way up through high school. You need to be able to see that computer screen so you are holding those kids accountable for what they're doing because if they do something they're not supposed to, you're the one that's going to get in trouble. Always have the screen pointing to where you're going to be, where you can check that real easy and real quick. You also need to have, you know, just where the resource is going to be, where the supply is going to be. That is the most important thing you've got to start at the beginning of the year is the setup. And you know what? I promise you, you're going to change throughout the year, but set it up a few different ways. See what you like. Ask teachers around you. I told you, I am going into my 19th year of teaching and I still have teachers come into my room after I set it up every year and I go, Hey, what do you think about this? Because they see it from a different perspective. They don't know why I put the student computer in that corner. Or they don't know why I have my table in one area and my um, teacher assistance table in another area. But they may have questions about it. And that's what's important. You need to have somebody else come set eyes on your setup to see if it makes sense. And that's okay. That's what teachers are here for is to help each other. You want a really nice setup so it makes your day flow. Okay? Um. Organization, this is where everyone has to do their own thing. Go ask all the other teachers what they do. I, like I said, have tables. So I have to have tubs where kids can put their supplies. And I do one tub for the morning and one tub for the afternoon for each table. And then the kids are able to put their supplies in that. We store it in a bookshelf. I have extra supplies in the big like five-gallon tub buckets throughout my room. Or if they need something else, we go get it. I have centers stored in those rainbow drawers, the 10 rolly cart drawers. I have them labeled for months so I can pull out, you know, January. These are the centers for January and I can put them them back when I'm done and I have them for next year. That one I just did last year. Oh my lordy. You guys, it was awesome. That was the best organization I've ever done. Um, I have drawers for my... My personal supplies behind my desk, construction paper. I have a drawer for crayons. I have a drawer for um my paper cutter. Yes, you heard me say it. I have a personal paper cutter in my room. It stays in the box. It's in the bottom drawer. No kids ever around when I use it. But if I tell anybody to get anything for their classroom, get a paper cutter, it makes your life so much better. Woo! Okay, that's my send on the paper cutter. Um but you really need to set, then I also have one other rolly cart drawer right next to me and I've got it set up for every subject that I teach and then as I make copies I can put them in there for the week. So for reading whatever I need for reading for the week I can put it in there and it's there. I do know teachers that set up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and they everything they need for Mondays in one drawer everything they need for Tuesday. I also have a drawer for data so anything my principal gives me or my instructional coach gives me it goes right in there, so when I need that, that that data, I have it. I have another one for testing, so all my testing books are in there. And then I have one for um, um, future stuff, like something that we're going to do in three weeks. I don't want to put it in that st- subject drawer yet, but I need it for future weeks, so I stick it in there, and then I know I can pull it out later. And that really has helped me. Um, things like that are really important for me to stay organized. I need to know what's coming. So go around, once again, if you're a new teacher, go around and look at other rooms. The teacher across the hall from me is amazingly organized. She does things, she's got the rainbow kind of buckets, and she's got a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. She has everything in there. It's awesome. Maybe you're a day of the week organizer. Maybe you're a subject for the week organizer. You decide what works best for you. Since we're talking about organization, you've got to talk about lessons. You guys, let's all be honest here. No one is going to write a lesson plan like you did in college unless it's your first or second third year your probationary and your principal requires it after that though you need to still write lessons you have to beginning of the year sit with your team and write your lessons come up with great ideas so for example my first week I know we're going to talk as a team is for first grade because that's where I am now But we do character development type stuff for reading. We read books about being polite. We read books about sharing. We read books about kindness. You know, all that type of stuff in character development. We do activities. And that's what we do. We have amazing books, which I will share in another future podcast. I'm going to have a whole podcast about books and activities. We do that first few days of school, that first week of school. Because any idea, I know. Share ideas with me because, man, it's it's just, you know, those first few days are just crazy. You need as much stuff as you can. So get those lessons done early. Sit with your team and get ideas. You need to have your lessons written out. You need to be more organized for that first week of school than ever before. So it should take, you should have your room done. You should sit down and you should really plan out your first few days of school, if not that first week, more than you do the rest of the school year. Now, that's not saying you're not doing your plans for the rest of the year because you are, but these should have step by step almost detailed notes because the thing is, as you teach throughout the year, you're going to get to know your kids more. You're going to know how much time it takes them to do things. You're going to know, hey, this is a writing activity and this group rocks at writing. We're going to get this done in 20 minutes. Or, hey, this is a math activity and we kind of, you know, this is a tough subject for us. We've been having a hard time. It's going to take us about 30, 35 minutes. However, right now you have no clue. So not only do you want to plan for what your fast kids would need, which is a lot more activities, you also need to have a plan of, These are the most important I need to get to. These other ones are just okay. Usually, I leave open Friday or the last day of the week because I will have enough activities throughout the week that I didn't get to that I can slide into that last day Um, because they're all still important and they're things I need to go to. Um, I do want to say before we go on, getting ready for that beginning of the year, please schedule for your lessons where um, the rules of the school always schedule if for me especially a tour for the school please keep in mind you're going to have kids in your class even if you teach fifth grade in a building for one through five you're going to have fifth graders that have never been to your building before you need to do a quick tour of the building because also I guarantee there's going to be some new teachers that the kids need to see or know of there's going to be a couple things maybe that changed a quick tour can take you 10 to 15 minutes or less and it's going to alleviate a lot of stress. It's going to alleviate a lot of questions. And it's just going to help out. And along that tour, you can show the kids what you expect in the hallway. You can tell them what your expectations are for the bathroom, your expectations for the cafeteria. It gives you a chance to go over rules. It gives you a chance to give a tour of the school, introduce teachers. It just It's an overall thing that every teacher should do, even if you're a fifth grade teacher, fourth grade teacher, third grade high school. You know what? High school teachers do not forget to go over rules because, oh my lordy, pray for me all this year. I have a freshman. That little girl I told you that I taught first grade with, well, she's now going to be a freshman and it is scary and I sure hope her teachers go over the rules with her because it's going to be different than middle school. It's going to be different than any kid she's teacher she's ever been with and it's a really important that I hope those teachers go over their expectations in class, in the hallway, at activities, everything. It's important. So include that. That's my spiel. Also, go over drills. Go over fire drills. Go over tornado drills. And I know the dreaded um, lockout, lockdown, internal lockdown, external lockdown, all of that. It's scary, especially for little kids. They don't understand. And it can be so scary for them. But it's important for them to know because things can happen that first week of school unfortunately in today's society and we need to prepare our kids do it get it in those lessons be ready for it like I said I will have a whole nother podcast about books that you can use I will tell you right now I love picture books even for the higher grades especially that first week they're entertaining they're fun they're cute a couple books I really think you should look into reading are any of the First day jitter books. I know the, um, like there's first grade jitters. There's you know all those. Also the night before, I had the night before first grade. I believe there's the night before second grade. All of those night before kindergarten. There's all those kind of books and, it alleviates some of that tension. There's also the book and why can't I remember? Oh, that's the first grade jitters. Never mind. Um, the No David book. That's a fun one for rules. Even the higher grades will giggle and laugh at No David. There's Chrysanthemum. Chrysanthemum is a cute one about a little mouse, and she loves her name. It's beautiful. It's perfect, just like she is. And then she gets to school, and kids start making fun of her because of her big, long name. And I think that's a good one to show kids about feelings and, you know, being kind. So I will be talking about more about that book along with some others for some first week of school activities. So just start stockpiling books because my other hint is, when you are doing your plans, you might actually not have enough planned. Have a tub of books ready for that first week of school that you can pull out a book at any second and read it. Because those kids are going to not be ready to sit through a day. Every kid from preschool to college, I guarantee this summer, has sat in front of the TV has done technology, has been running from here to there to everywhere, has been able to go outside when they wanted, has had snacks during the day, and now we're expecting them to sit and listen. Pray for us all. So have a book ready. You might be doing an activity and notice halfway through these kids aren't listening. Stop them, take a break, get up, stretch, read a book, and then go back to the activity. It's going to help you out immensely. Have those books ready. The last thing I'd really like to talk about before the end of the podcast is decorating your room. There's just a lot of research out there now, and I know numerous of you have probably heard it. Too much is not good for overstimulated kids, but too little kids walk in and they're just not captivated enough and it may not make them want to come to school to learn. You got to find that happy medium. Now, this is where I go and say, hey, this is where you get your theme. In my room, I have my rainbows. So I have centers in my room, and my center wall has rainbows. My jobs, my classroom jobs are rainbows. You know, little clouds, and I write their name on the clouds, and it's got a rainbow coming out of it. Um, I have crystals in my windows that actually put rainbows around the room. My door is a crayon box saying it's a color, it's going to be a colorful year, and I've got rainbows Their name tags are rainbow. So little things like that. Now, when you go around my room, I've got the posters they need. And I have learned I don't put up posters that they're not going to need. That's a lie. I have one poster. I have this poster I've had since my first year of teaching that is just a million smiley, rainbow, full, colorful, smiley faces all over the whole poster overlapping each other. I still have that one. I still like that one. It makes kids happy. They giggle when they see all the happy face, smiley faces. I have that one. Besides that, I have posters that I'm going to use throughout the year that are up, or I have left a space to put them up. So example of this is I do friends of 10. I teach friends of 10. It's a great way for kids to learn the partners that make 10, 5 and 5, 7 and 3, 2 and 8, 4 and 6, 1 and 9, 0 and 10, 2 and 8. Did I say it? I probably did. I have those posters ready to go. I don't put them up right away because if I put them up right away, those kids aren't going to know what they're for, but I put them up as we're learning about them, but I leave that open spot for it. So it's up to you how you want to decorate your room, but keep in mind, don't put up stuff that's not needed. That's just going to overwhelm a kiddo too much stuff, but don't leave out the important things. I always, especially for first grade, have up a poster that has the color words on it in the color so when we're writing the kids can use that so for describing our backpack and his backpack is black and he doesn't know how to spell black my student can walk over find the little object that's black find the word next to it that's written in black b l a c k and use that as a reference i have a spot for math words i have a spot for um sight word high frequency sight words i have birthdays of course you have to have birthdays for first grade may you know, you gotta know when everyone's birthday is. And I do have a spot to put my I can statements for the objectives for the day. I have a spot for, um, our schedule. So, and it's magnetized. This one's really cool. My, one of my teaching partners showed, we laminated them. We put magnets behind them. We put them on our smart board. So if our schedule changes, we quickly just adapt it and go through it and go over our schedule every day. And then let's say, Today we're not doing science and social studies, but we're going to do a writing activity and then we're doing an experiment. Instead, I can switch it out and put that. So I have a spot for my schedule. Don't put the unnecessary stuff. I know it's fun, but it will overwhelm some kids. Don't do too much. Don't have bare walls when your kids walk in either. As a parent, you want your own child to go into a room and be excited. Well, they're not excited by blank walls. They don't know that you're leaving every open space for stuff they learn throughout the year. They don't know that. You got to put up some stuff to make them excited. So come on, guys. Give those kids something to be excited about. Anyways, that's pretty much it for the first podcast here. Um, getting ready for the beginning of the year. It's such an exciting time, you guys. I really am that teacher every year that's excited about going back. Don't get me wrong, I love my summer. I won't lie, I just got back from a vacation with my husband and it was the best, and would I go back to vacation again? Oh my gosh, yes. But when I think about my new students coming this year and things I'm going to do with them and these excited little faces, I never am sad. Like These parents are entrusting their child with me to make them smarter, to teach them what they need to go to do the next grade big job. But it's so fun. It's so rewarding. I can't imagine doing anything else. I hope you join me for my next podcast. I am really excited to start this. I think it'll be a lot of fun. We're going to enjoy having this time together. And thanks. Let's go ahead and teach our future together. Bye. We'll talk to you another time.